This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Chuck. 200th win for Adam Wainwright. I'm real. I'm just happy he got it because after, gosh, I think it was seven or eight starts before he finally got number 199. I wondered if he might finish his career at 198, which would have been tragic. Got to 200, did it with a vintage performance last night, and now he can probably retire in peace. Yeah, I watched the Cardinals for the first time in about six weeks last night <laughs> uh, just to see if he would do it. I, I you know. <sighs> I don't know. He he struggled so badly. But I kind of had a feeling the other night he was going to get 199. And so, you know, it's just kind of always that way. I mean, you can't beat the bad teams. And then you pitch against good teams. You find a way to win. And uh, won that game on the road and then won at home last night. So, happy for him. I mean, he's, um, you know, arguably, in fact, I would make the argument he's the second greatest Cardinal starting pitcher of all time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, happy to see him reach that milestone. I think he hung on a year too long. I think he was still going to be arguably the second best Cardinal starting pitcher of all time anyway, but um, I'm sure that's a, you know, that's a Hall of Fame number right there. Behind Bob Gibson, is that who you got as number one? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Gibson's untouchable. Chuck, I, I watched a little bit of this NFL, and uh, man, I'm a CD Lamb fan. Uh, what what Dak's doing right now is is uh, is pretty. And that Jets Jets have a good defense, but 70 to 10 in the first two games. How good can this Dallas Cowboys defense be this year? Well, it's Super Bowl caliber. Now, obviously, you got to keep Michael Parsons from getting hurt, and some of those other guys too. I mean, you can't have decimating injuries over there, but. Um, they've got a Super Bowl caliber defense, and I don't know what the rest of the team's going to end up being like. Dak makes me nervous. I like C.D. Lamb. I'm with you there. I don't know that he's enough. I wish they had another one like him. Um, I think they'll be good enough offensively, and I think their defense is going to carry him deep this year if they don't screw it up, which could happen. But um, that, that, that defense, I mean, you can, uh, you can raise a trophy with that defense. That number seven out there at the, on the the D back, yeah, and Micah Parsons, they uh, they got playmakers all over the. They, you know that that number ten from BYU. I'm not saying he's Micah Parsons, but man, he yeah, that that dude, he he could play in. The, he's an SEC caliber defensive player. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have the numerical roster in front of me. I, I, are you speaking about Batty? I think you're talking about him. His his, his, his name took took the whole back of his jersey. Bonfichon. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's uh, the it started with a V. Yeah. It started with a V. Um, yeah, he was he was good. They, uh, you know, he's a linebacker, and they lined uh-huh. him up on the edge, and he could play, and Batty could play, and I just thought that was, you know. Um, they bull rushed him a lot, and I know they talked about that. But toward the end, when Arkansas was throwing the ball, I mean, they just um, they just teed off. That that was the thing when they knew we had to pass the ball. That's when it kind of got a little tough yeah. on us, Sam. Yeah, so, and you know, you, it goes back to what you were talking about. Coach Pittman talked about it after the game. They they didn't win first down. Mm-hmm. You know, and and what were they two of thirteen on third downs? Um, you know, generally speaking, when you're two of thirteen, it's not because you're coming up short on third and three uh-huh. or third and two. Uh, it's because you're behind the sticks, and they were a lot, and they faced a lot of third and longs. And um, yeah, I mean, you get in that situation, particularly when you've got first-year starters at tackle, uh, and you're having to mix and match at some other spots. Um, that can, you know, we can have happen what we saw happen. Chuck, what's your, what's your understanding? We got a text in here from uh, 405 area code. Paul is, is the listener's name in Oklahoma. Um, he asks about the playbook under Dan Enos and, and, and wonders how much of it has been implemented. Do you think that they've had to cut back on any of it because of you know, tr- trying, to, trying to get the offensive line uh, playing together in one and because of the kind of the injuries that they've had on that offensive line? I really don't think so, no. Um, I think they'd like to be able to run that stretch play and that inside zone a lot better. Um, but I don't think that's anything that you stop doing. I mean, those are, you know, your basic plays right there. And um, they've not been able to run their bread and butter. 
um, at least you know. And, and look, I'm a I'm a set of amateur eyes, uh, believe me. But that's just kind of been my observation is they've they've not been able to run their bread and butter consistently. So no, I don't I don't think it's kept them from doing anything. No. Do you think Rocket being out um, for you know most of the first three games has much to do with that? I, I came yes. into this season yes, kind of expecting that you had really good running back room, but it, I mean Rocket is the best of the group. Well, and, and, you know, it all works hand in hand. I, I mean, um, um, there's there's got to be a feel on everybody's part there. And, again, I, I mean, I feel kind of silly talking about it with Matt here because he knows more about that than, than, than you or I combined. But, um, you know, it just feels like to me right now um, there's just not quite that feel between the backs and the line. Um, there was obviously on Green's play, but generally speaking, I don't I don't know that we've seen that yet. Yeah, your steps have to be in unison. You kind of got to know how you're stepping and how you're combo blocking up, how you're pushing to the second level. All those things comes with reps, and and we knew we were kind of got to go through a little bit of that with with this new offensive line unit. Uh, Chuck, I, I, I'm a Satania fan. Did you see any way where he's getting on the field more at that wide receiver spot? Maybe trying to find a way to get him four to five touches a game. I think they will. Um, he caught, I think, three passes. Has he caught three passes, if I'm not mistaken? He, he, had, he had one against BYU, I think. Yeah, for probably, yeah. he's had three, three total, had one against BYU. Um, yeah, I think, in fact, they've, they've talked about that, I think. I think they're going to try to get him the ball a little bit more. You know, it's, it's a, um, uh, some players, and uh, some of this has to do with position, but some players you can throw on the field right off the bat and not only are they gifted players, they're smart players, they understand how to play the game. Um, there are other positions where it doesn't always lend itself to that. And I think he may be in one of those positions, just to be very honest. I got you. But, but I think he'll um, I think he's I think he's gonna play a lot more. I, I, I think with every day that passes there's a you know, there's a greater understanding on his part and a greater trust on the coach's part. So I would expect to see him on the field more. Yes, and and Phil, sometimes there's there's just players you got to tell them what they got to do on on the plays. You just like, hey man, you got. This and I'm not saying that's yeah. what's going on. Yeah. I, I'm 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 just saying I, I've I've seen that before with players, and I'm sure you have too. Where oh, absolutely. There, you know, there are certain positions where, like, I'll just take LSU for example. Last year with Harold Perkins on the defensive side of the ball, they said, Harold, go be Harold. Mm-hmm. You know, go be you, um, and it worked. I don't know that you can put a guy at the slot receiver spot and say, okay, you go be you. Um, there's a lot more to it than that. And um, I'm not suggesting that's what's happened here. I, I'm, I'm just saying that I, I've, I've seen it happen before. And, and um, but, but that's a long answer. I should have answered it a lot more quickly. Yes, he's going to play more. And yes, they're going to get him more touches. Man, that's the way you describe Perkins. It's uh it's like you can't tell the wide receivers. They see that guy with the ball right there when he runs out of the pocket. Go run him down. Right, That's what yeah. Perkins did last year against Malik Hornsby. Sam talked about it yesterday. When I watched that game last year, Chuck, I saw a quarterback in Jaden Daniels who threw a natural sinker ball. I watched a lot of that game against Mississippi State this past weekend. He's not throwing sinkers anymore. He's dropping dimes. It looked like Jaden Daniels got better. You know, he's been really streaky over the course of his career. And when he's on, he looks really good. And when he's not on, he doesn't look so hot. I didn't think he looked good in the Florida State game. I thought he made a couple of bad reads that cost him points, uh, particularly at a, at a critical moment. But, you know, he played against Mississippi State, and I watched that, watched that some this morning. And um, you're right. He looks like a different guy. It's a question, I guess, of how comfortable you let him be, you know, how, how comfortable you let him get. Um you know, and, and um, I think Arkansas's, you know, I think Arkansas's got a defense that can put some pressure on him. I mean, I do. And um, they've got good running backs. I don't know that this is an explosive LSU offense. I mean, it may be. But um, I think Arkansas's defense got a chance to have a good day. All right, Chuck. It's always a pleasure talking with you. Looking forward to seeing you in Baton Rouge. Thanks for your All time. All right, guys. Have a good week. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Barrett, voice of the Razorbacks. Of course, you can download the latest edition of the Gimme the Hogs Chuck podcast. We'll have that coming out tomorrow. And we'll be on the morning rush and with Ruskin and Zach later on in the week.
One of my favorite segments of the week, right there, getting Chuck Barrett on. That's cool. You know, one thing I know that Chuck's really good on the pronunciations. But that number 10 for BYU. Kane, I didn't even try. I was like, I don't know. Fachon. Yep, there we go. And he just nailed it. And he had to say that name quite a bit. You got to be a little easier with the pronunciations with uh, LSU this weekend, although they always have some doozies too. I got to see it phonetically, and then I can then I can go. Yeah. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games. Available to play right from your phone. Head to the website. Or or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Hey, Alyssa Orange from Pig Trail Nation joining us. Always good to have you, Alyssa. What's up? Hey, it's always good uh, to see you in person, Phil, which is what football brings, which is exciting. So, May I see you this weekend in Baton Rouge? You don't want to miss a trip all the way down yeah. to Louisiana. No. Food, fun, football. And, you know, all the things that go into Arkansas LSU, which is usually an entertaining game. Yeah, I was talking to a friend of mine who works in Baton Rouge, and I was like, come for the food, stay for the football. It might be one of my favorite places to go on the road. I just love the food. Um, I love the atmosphere. Uh, it, it's a cool place to to, to visit and, and capture a football game. And, you know, it went pretty well the last time Arkansas played a night game in Death Valley. So we'll see if we can repeat it. Looked like Rocket Sanders was back at practice, though not a full participant. And, and, and judging from what Sam Pittman said yesterday, I, I don't think he's going to play Saturday. But I'm just, I feel better that he at least is a partial participant in practice. Maybe you're targeting the A&M game. And that's possible. And, and that's kind of what I've been hearing, too, that, that A.J. Green needed to be the guy for the Razorbacks for at least a couple of weeks. And that's what the timing seems to be right now. If they can get him back for the A&M game, it would be huge. Uh, but if they can get him back for the old Miss game, I think that's a little more realistic. Um, but just trying to keep him still in shape. You know, if, he, if you can get Rocket Sanders out there doing as little as he can, he's at least staying um, – in shape, he's moving around. He's got that. He's he's developing that mobility again in that knee, um, and then they can uh, continue to evaluate him because it's different if you're coming back from an injury and you haven't practiced in four weeks, as opposed to still being out there and at least moving around a little bit, which is promising. But I think if I'm an Arkansas fan, I would put stock into seeing AJ Green, Rashad Dubinian, and Dominique Johnson being your rotation in the backfield for at least. Two more weeks. Alyssa, I wonder about um, the offensive line uh, moving up into this next game. Uh, Sam yesterday talks about, well, you got some guys who have hand injuries, and and we didn't know that until after the loss to BYU. Um, You know, and and, and then you had Chambly and Kudis left the game. I think that was just cramps more than anything, so I'm, I'm assuming they'll be available. But I don't, you know, people might ask about, well, can we make a couple of shuffles on the offensive line? It doesn't seem to me because Sam was talking about we're looking for seven or eight offensive linemen. I don't think they're as deep on the offensive line as they thought they might be and as they were hoping they would be. Otherwise, I think there might have been a tackle or two that came in from the transfer portal. Yeah, you know, I think that you go back to what Sam Pittman said during fall camp when he was talking about offensive line and what they were trying to do and develop guys in depth at certain positions and not do as much cross-training as they had in the past because 
what he didn't want to do is, let's say Bo Limmer gets hurt, you have to move Brady Latham over to center, and now you got to plug someone else new in Brady Latham's spot. And that just now adds two new guys on the line instead of, you know, a, a new guy playing a position and a new guy on the line where if you have a backup center, you're just replacing the center and everything stays the same. So I don't know if that's, you know, come to haunt them a little bit or, or that didn't work out as much as they wanted to. And then obviously you've got some minor injuries here and there that play a role in game that are going to affect things. Um, but, you know, it is it is concerning because this is a this is a run game that really hasn't been able to dominate at all in the first three games of the season. And this is a K.J. Jefferson that I'm just not used to seeing. And I think part of it is because the offensive line has some issues and part of it is it's just a different offense that he's running that he's not um he hasn't run before and he's three games into running Dan Enos in an offense in a game setting so you hope that the offensive line can find some um reprieve a little bit but also Sam Pittman doesn't talk about injuries and so it's one of those things where it's like we're watching a game and what is going on with the offensive line? Everyone has all these questions. Then you come back on Monday, oh, well, guys were hurt. Well, we didn't know that. So how, how are we – you know what I mean? Like in the moment, you might be a little more critical, and then you find out on Monday he had injuries. They just don't talk about those kind of things to give us a little bit of a look inside to be a little bit more understanding on a Saturday during a game than we would be on a Monday just finding it out. Alyssa, there there were some positive to take away from the game. I, I thought the the defense because to start the second half, BYU went three and out and three and out. Uh, Landon Jackson made some plays. I mean, number twenty seven that that dude can play on Sundays. How confident are you with this defense? Have you seen seen enough yeah. that you think we have a chance against LSU? Yeah, you know, hey, I will say Chris Poupal was my difference maker in our show. I love that kid too. He's he's so fun to watch. And, uh, he, he can definitely play. But I think the defense is coming along. I think they need to be a little bit more consistent. They've got so many weapons. I would love to see a little bit more consistency um, with them a little bit in their play. Uh, but overall, you look at what the defense has done, and if they play their cards correctly and they're much more sound in their communication and their discipline against LSU, I mean, LSU is beatable. Uh, I watched it happen the first game of the year. There are ways that you can beat them at their own game. We watched this Arkansas team with a lot of the same pieces on defense, except in the secondary, almost beat LSU at home last year. Mm-hmm. And, and so they're a beatable team, and I like what this defense has shown me. Um, I just need the offense to be a little bit more sound, not as many penalties, and I need to see more consistency from the defense. Well, would you like to see – so? It- <laughs> I would like to see a little more quick passing game when you're when you're worried about your offensive line and, and you have an Armstrong and Tesla. I'd like to see Centennial out there a little more. But the the point being, when when you have a single high safety look, you're getting kind of man on the outside, and you have those bigger guys. Your your three step drop, getting that ball out on level two, twenty four to twenty eight yards, and it's a quick play that the that you don't have to worry about your quarterback taking a hit on. And I think it's a mismatch advantage Arkansas because one of one of the best ball KJ throws is that kind of over the top ball yeah you would love to see that and that's what Rocket Sanders was so good at right because he was a wide receiver coming into college and moved to the running back room so is that something where you put Isaiah Satania you mentioned it but Sam Pittman said it yesterday or Monday yeah that was yesterday I don't know what day it is guys yes yesterday (laughs) uh, that he just needs to catch the ball more consistently at practice Mm -hmm. and so but it's like but it's also he is such an athlete just get him on the field right get him in more opportunities to just make plays and maybe that opens up things for everybody else so I would love to see him getting uh, Isaiah Satania maybe get incorporated in the backfield a little bit as a hybrid play because he's so fast and he's so dynamic when he's got the ball in his hands that I think he can make plays and maybe take some pressure off of some of the other positions on the offense that are struggling right now. What do you think about the uh, Arkansas secondary against this <clears throat> this LSU receiving core? Um, I like the Arkansas secondary. I think Singletary is a dude. I like him a lot. And obviously Dwight McLaughlin has proven himself to be a, a playmaker. They cover well. They do cover well. Mm-hmm. But this LSU uh, receiver group is a, is a different story uh, than I think you're going to face. Maybe at any other point, um, yep. neighbors, Thomas, I don't know. Have you got to double team somebody? It's going to be tough to get to Daniels. That's one aspect that I do wonder about. 
Yeah, I think so. And, and that just goes back to communication and, and seeing what this secondary is made of because they're talented and they can cover. Um, but as long as maybe they play a little bit more disciplined um, football and don't get caught off guard, they're going to have uh, some success. You've also got a guy in um, Jason Taylor's son, Mason Taylor. Shout out to my Dolphins, who won on Sunday night. Um who I, Arkansas's defense has always struggled with big tight ends like him. There were tight ends with Texas A&M uh, that they would struggle with. And so I don't see LSU uh, not taking advantage and seeing what can we do with this big tight end that we have in Mason Taylor and seeing what he can do against the defense that has struggled with tight ends like that in the past. So uh, there's that extra dynamic, too, that they've got a lot to be aware of when it comes to that LSU offense. Dolphins looked really good on Sunday well, night. They get, the, they? they get the Broncos this How week. About yeah. <laughs> How about it? You know, I do love Russell Wilson because he's from Richmond like me. Uh, shout out to the 804, but I got no love on Sunday. Well, I don't blame you. You keep Tua healthy, man. I, I'm a big time Tua fan. I think he's a top twelve quarterback in the in, in the league. Um and he's so fun. Then Tyreek Hill, uh just he's just a he's a nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been really fun. And then you've got Jalen Waddle And Tua is throwing the ball so much better than we've seen him throw the ball mm-hmm. in the past. And that's been the biggest difference. These first two games with Miami, you keep him healthy and protected. I honestly, I was thinking about this uh, yesterday, and I didn't look it up, but I, I don't think he's been sacked at all this year. And that's a tribute to them really paying attention and and investing in that offensive line around him and then just being smarter and developing him and that passing game a little bit more with Tua. So it's been fun. It's been a fun game. I mean, Alyssa, that division is right for the picking. The the division is right for the picking. You know, everybody's kind of diving in the Jets' corner and then Rodgers gets hurt. That's that's not going to be – Zach Wilson's not going to do much with him. At least that's not what I expect. Um, You know, you already beat the Patriots. That's not the same Patriots uh, Mm -hmm. since uh, Tom Brady. Uh, Josh Allen is a turnover machine. Uh, the Dolphins might be the most complete team in that division. Oh, let's hope so. You know, it's early, and uh, I, I'm always hopeful, and I'm always um, uh, a little bit biased, but it, it is about as wide open as it's ever been for the Dolphins to have some success, and um, it's, it's exciting to watch them, them play, and I really like Mike McDaniel and the way that he coaches this football team, and just the relatability that he has, and, and hopefully it, it continues. You got the Bills in two weeks at home. I was telling Saul they've got the they just played the or on the road. They play the Patriots on the road and the Bills on the road, and I think the Jets on the road early, which means you don't play them in November and December when it's snowing. You get those guys in Miami, which is always favorable. Alyssa, one more question about the Razorbacks, and we know yeah. Rockert's a little banged up. How how, how else is the uh, the rest of the team? Is McLaughlin is his toe healthy? Is KJ healthy? How healthy are we going into this LSU game? I think as healthy as you can be. I apologize for getting us on a tangent down the Dolphins. That was my fault. Um, but you know, I think McLaughlin showed last week that that he was good to go. Um, he played that, that whole game, and, and then Sam said that KJ is healthier now than he was going into that BYU game. And so um, this is about as a complete team as you're going to get without Rocket Sanders. Favorite food to eat uh, when you're in Louisiana? Alyssa, what do you got? Oh, man, shrimp and grits is hard to beat. Mm. Uh, give, give me some uh, ramalog sauce and a po' boy. All of it, beans, rice. Etouffee, jambalaya, gumbo, beignets. I'm getting hungry. Wash it all down with a nice cold <laughs> Abita Amber and we can have some more fun. That's right. Yes, yes. Oh, you're making me hungry. I'm about to go eat lunch, thank gosh. It is lunchtime, Alyssa. So, you know, go get yourself some yes. gumbo somewhere and prime the pump for Saturday, all right? I will. <laughs> I will, guys. Thanks. Thanks, Alyssa. You got it. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football.
Hey, sports fans, don't let plumbing issues throw you off your game. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric is here to tackle those pesky drain blockages and ensure your water heater is always in MVP form. With Pascal's world-class service, you can count on a winning play every time. Whether it's a quick drain clear or a water heater touchdown, Pascal's got the expertise to keep your home running smoothly. Stay in the game and leave the plumbing to the pros. Schedule your service online anytime at gopascal.com. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. All right, Bill King coming up in about 15 minutes. Get his thoughts on week three. And, man, the schedule for week four is going to get him really, really fired up. But as we enter the third hour on a Tuesday, it is time for my boy, your boy. We're going to pick a couple of people each way. My boy, something I'm proud about. Your boy, something not so much. I'm going to start with my girl, Matt Jones. Bella Field. Razorback freshman forward from Leewood, Kansas, on the soccer team. They had a crazy finish in uh, their win over Grand Canyon Sunday afternoon at Razorback Field. Uh, Hogs lead 2-1 to one going into the final minute and allow a goal in that final minute. 26 seconds later, 27 seconds later, pardon me, with 26 seconds remaining in regulation, Bella Field scores her first goal at the University of Arkansas, which gives the Razorbacks a 3-2 lead, which they did hang on to with those 26 seconds left. For those efforts, Bella Field was named the SEC Soccer Freshman of the Week. That's quite a way to introduce yourself to your teammates with a game-winning goal 27 seconds after your opponent tied the game and you still only had 26 seconds remaining in the ball game. For Bella Field... You're my boy, Blue! You are definitely my girl. Your boy right now, Matt Jones, is Justin Fields. Your boy, Justin, Justin Fields. He Fields. Uh, he needs to get it together, uh, doesn't he? That's uh, that's for sure. No, my my boy is that Dallas defense. They they are scary good right now. CD Lamb also uh, big time fan of CD Lamb had eleven catches, hundred and forty three yards. Uh, so, I mean, just just getting it done. And that defense, what do they have? Ten turnovers are they've already caused on defense. Just getting after it. Uh, that that defense is scary good. They remind me a little bit of the Legion of Boom out there in Seattle. Uh, I, I don't want to say necessarily like the the great Steeler defenses with Troy Polamalu, uh, but th- those are the, they're, they're, they do different things. But they kind of man that that Dallas Cowboys defense to get after you. Well, then this is for CD Lamb. Yeah, boy. When's the when do they first play Philadelphia? Your your boy is Deshaun Watson. No, that's your boy. <laughs> Watching that game last night, he practically was because if he was any better, they might have beaten the Steelers. Uh, my boy is Phil Mickelson. It's because Phil Mickelson yesterday came out on social media and had a lengthy post uh, about his addiction to gambling. We got into this recently. Um, I think it's pretty difficult to admit to yourself that you have an addiction to anything. And when you are as as famous and as popular, or you can even use the word infamous for Phil Mickelson, um, you got that spotlight on you in a way that a lot of us don't really understand. And for him to go out and, and publicly admit something that I think everybody already knew, but then admit on how it's affected him and affected the other people in his life. Um, that he has the money. This was one of the things I remember bringing up when the story about, what was it, a billion dollars that he had Mm -hmm. gambled away in the last 25 years? He's got the money. It's not like he's gambling himself into bankruptcy. But this does affect your personal relationships. It changes who you are as a person. And and he was open about this, that he was not as present with his family members, with his wife, Amy, while he was addicted to gambling. He hasn't gambled in a long time. I don't remember how long he said in this lengthy post, but he, he, did, he did speak openly about how good it feels to him to now know that he's present in these personal relationships. So, and I'm not a, I'm not a Phil Mickelson fan. I don't pay that much attention to golf, but I can appreciate the kind of, I think this is really courageous for him to a admit publicly, uh, about this gambling addiction and then B to, um, 
to speak about how it's affected him because I think anybody that's dealt with an addiction knows, um, yeah, you got to admit it in some ways, but you also have to admit how your addiction has affected other people. So for that reason, Phil Mickelson is my boy. Your boy, Matt Jones, <clears throat> it's, not, it's not Travis Hunter. It's the pajamas he was wearing on the social media post that I saw from last night where he talked. He looks like Will, Will Smith in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I a think, little bit. pajamas going on, yeah. They are, so he's on this, um, I guess it was a podcast or just a live uh, broadcast on Twitch, I think it was. And, and he's in his, I guess it's his dorm room uh, in Colorado, and he's talking about going to the hospital and the injury and about the guy who hit him, Blackburn. He kind of forgave him, too. So, I mean... Color, the, the Buffaloes are forgiving Blackburn for, for this hit, and I hope other people will as well. Um, but he's talking uh, while he's wearing uh, giraffe pajamas. It's just, I mean, he's 19 years old. I got a daughter who loves to wear pajamas. He's got some, you, he's has, has a onesie on? Yeah, that's what it looked like. It was a <laughs> giraffe onesie, I think. It's just an interesting choice of wardrobe, but I mean, there's going to be a point where he'll be able to spend whatever money he wants on whatever clothing he wants, and uh, and maybe you might look at it as a fashion statement, but it was just interesting to see him in giraffe pajamas uh, on, a, on a post that went all over the place. Your, your boy is uh, Derek Carr. Well, he's, he's my boy, too. He, he was 21 of 36, 228 yards. He, he did have an interception and, and sacked four times, but he was able to get the victory 20 to 17 over Carolina. Uh, when you look at, if you're a young kid out there, you're a high school kid, you, you, you like the quarterback position, watch, watch how Derek Carr goes about it. I, I think he just uh, he does as good as job as as a lot of them. He, he's super talented. He's a he's a joy to watch. He's a, he's kind of he got a little Brett Favre in him, uh, kind of fiery. I, I uh, he's 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 somebody that I always enjoy watching. He's kind of be somebody that also feels that there's a little something to prove. You know, after two and zero, I mean, pretty much it, being chased out of Las Vegas. He's he's got the Saints at at two and zero right now. I mean that's that's how you want to be. You know Carolina's zero two. I'm telling you the Patriots are zero two. Bronc. I mean you look down zero two teams don't make the playoffs. So he he's got them going in that division. Uh, the the Saints could the Saints can win that division. Well then for Derek Carr, I got this for you. Yeah, boy. You know how much fun I've had re-listening to Public Enemy since we started coming up with this routine here. <laughs> I'm a couple of albums back in. I'd forgotten how much fun public Some NWA. Yeah. Uh, you give me some Chuck D and Flava Flav, and I'll be pretty happy for about 60 minutes or so. I, I've done karaoke twice, and, and one of them was as Flavor Flav. Yeah. yeah. Wait a minute. Wait yeah. a minute. Hold on one moment here. I need to revisit this. Yeah. You dressed as Flavor Flav. We had. I think Flavor Flav would come up to your belt buckle. I had a Memphis State uh, Anthony Hardaway jersey on. Uh, had the clock rocking. Yeah, have to have the clock. Uh, yeah, it you was the gold tooth. It was Halloween, you know, like sophomore, junior year, of college, something like that. It was. Uh, it was a good time. And that's the. Well, all right. So you did karaoke twice. That's once. What was the other? Uh, come sell away with me. It was a group effort. Uh, about six of us on stage. So wasn't did I, I got to share this you know i didn't have to be up there yeah it was all right i love it i love it yeah at some point we'll do live karaoke on this very program i don't know my karaoke days might be behind me <laughs> we'll see well it's tough to get into the you know karaoke in the middle of the day it's more like a um, an eight o'clock in the evening maybe a midnight sort of a thing then again maybe we can convince you to go to sec media days next summer because the media always has some big like karaoke deal in which they're we, we send the, not impressed with their own singing voices ties up there i was gonna day. say i think we send the right represent representative probably so probably so though truthfully nobody wants to hear him sing ever even even his parents don't want to hear him sing. That's a guarantee. Uh, my boy, my third boy, Heston Kerstad. And it's not for anything that he did on the baseball field. Matt, we've talked about this before. You know, they're little... So, I mean, there, there's, there's, been, there's been a debate about hazing in football with football teams. You know, the thing at Northwestern, that's a totally different situation than I think what's much more of a good-natured kind of a, a hazing for rookies, which, which happened to Heston on Saturday. Um, so on, on Saturday, Baltimore clinched a, a, a playoff spot. They're not American League East champions. They're two games up on the race, but they clinched a playoff spot. And they celebrated 
in the in the clubhouse. I think this was in Houston with so much champagne and beer that they ran out of it. Nice. They ran out of alcohol. And they figure, I mean, Kerstad is still his first week in the major leagues. They had to do something. I think the plan was initially to just dump as much uh, champagne and beer in his head as they possibly could, but they were out of it. So James McCann, former Razorback, Baltimore's second-string catcher, is, he, he grabs a laundry cart, convinces Kirsten, because Heston's a great kid. He knows, mm-hmm. I don't think he's got a choice in this. Mm-hmm. Heston puts himself in the laundry cart, and since they had nothing of alcohol to dump on him, the Orioles ran into the pantry in the kitchen and grabbed every single condiment that they could find. A little ketchup, mustard, ketchup, mayonnaise. mustard, Chick-fil-A sauce, ranch dressing, olive oil, Everything a smoothie is- dumped all over Heston Kerstad. That's my boy. Everything those fine, fine highly tuned athletes need, that, that nutrition. That's exactly right. By the way, there was a really cool photo yesterday from uh, on the field at Minute Maid Park in Houston. It was the Orioles and the Astros. It's Dave Van Horn, Zach Barr, Matt Hobbs, Nate Thompson with Ryan Stanek of the Astros, James McCann, and Heston Kirst out of the Orioles. All three of those players played for played for Dave, and uh, it was smiles all around. It was a really, really cool photo, and I loved it. So that's my third boy, and that's the last one I got for you. One more time, because we won't do this for another week. Yeah, boy! That's right. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Prize Picks is a skill-based, real-money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com/htl and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. Prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more Good afternoon, Bill King. How are you today? Hey, boys. How you doing? Doing good. Picking up the pieces of Arkansas losing to BYU and facing what looks like a pretty good LSU team that's picked their pieces up after the season opening loss to Florida State. Hogs having a little trouble on the offensive line these days, Bill, which feels like a surprise because of Sam Pittman's background. Yeah, that game, good start, 14-0, and... uh, Outgained them significantly in the matchup. Bunch of penalties, which was ugly, but and and not having a NFL running back lining up for you hurts too, and that's what's missing. Yeah, you got to learn from it, Bill. I, I think that was a game where if 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 Arkansas plays BYU ten times, I think we win eight of them, and it's just we we kind of yeah. we didn't we didn't take advantage when when we had chances, and you get up fourteen zero. Uh, sometimes you think it's a little easier than than what it is. That that being said, I, I still think LSU. I know they lost to Florida State 
uh, week one. I think LSU's a real team, a top five, top seven type team. How do you see that going? You give the Hogs any chance? I think LSU at the moment is probably the favorite to win it again in the West. That they, they played. Now, Mississippi State doesn't have one through 85, but they've got some dudes. And LSU dominated them in any way you want to categorize it. And I don't think a receiver in the league's playing better than neighbors. He had 10, 11 catches first half in that, in that matchup. They're running the ball well with the Notre Dame transfer, and they've also got a freshman that's going to be their star. Daniels is playing fantastic. The defense has solidified some. It's going to be a tough matchup. Very difficult. It looks to me like Daniels is, is an improved quarterback uh, from what I saw last year. Yeah. A lot of it might have to do, though, with, with, with your receivers because Neighbors is a pretty special quarterback. It looks like they've got a really good connection. Neighbors is what Keyshawn Butte should have been yeah. before he decided being a diva is more important than being good, right? Once you make that decision, things don't go well for you. He's, he's not guardable one-on-one, and he's, he's, he's a threat up over the top. He's a threat underneath. He's a threat to take it after he catches it. He's versatile. And they're balanced. I mean, that's a balanced team. A very, very balanced team. And uh, Arkansas is going to have to play their best to be in that game. One of the surprises of, of last week, I guess it shouldn't be that much of a surprise, the Tennessee-Florida game. It's always hard to win on the road. Uh, that being said, Tennessee or Florida, which one of those teams ends the season with more conference victories? That was a total collapse by the balls physically. They got whooped any which way you want. Defensive line to O-line, O-line to D-line. ATN, the running back, ran up and down the field. Tennessee's defense at times looked like there was no effort. It was a very confusing uh, loss for the Vols. And, and not a woulda, shoulda, coulda loss either, clearly. The better team won the game, which was shocking. I think Tennessee probably will have more wins. I think their schedule is more conducive. It's tough now. They still have Georgia. They still have Alabama. Still have A&M. Tough teams. But I think theirs is probably more conducive. They've also got Joe Milton at quarterback, who is playing decent, but they have a superstar sitting there waiting. And I think you have to give him a chance. I don't know that they will, but that's a spark they could use. Bill, this uh, game on Saturday with Ole Miss and Alabama is going to be, uh, I think, really interesting because you've got an Ole Miss team whose offense is rolling, but Quinshawn Judkins has really not done very much. Jackson Dart's playing out of his mind. He's running. He's throwing really well. Um, and, then the, and then there's the situation with Alabama in which do, do you think Nick Saban used the game for South Florida as kind of like an experiment to see if maybe Buckner or Simpson would have worked with that offense, and obviously they didn't, so he's back to Milrow. I think they are foundationally fractured. And, guys, we've gone through all the reasons, but they've done nothing to prove otherwise. Now, the quarterback politics. Milrow, I think, was a little bit of a problem last week. It was fit. I think he was probably suspended because there's no way you take those two quarterbacks the way they played, leave them in the entire time, mm-hmm. and not make a change. Because as much as we want to critique Milrow, and he's very flawed, he's better than those other two. At least to date he is. And that's why they've already announced he didn't play. Now think about this. Is this not suspicious? Didn't play a down down in Tampa, but he's going to start, and we've endorsed him for the Ole Miss game. So obviously things went down last week. And uh, we'll find out. He, he is dynamic as an athlete, as you guys saw last year, kind of his debut doing that against Arkansas. Ole Miss is a more well-rounded team right now. And the game is in T-Town. I think it's about a seven-point spread. Alabama, that, that's a little funny, too. But And you're right, Quinshawn Junkins. Now, he's had a couple little nagging injuries, but he has not had the follow-through from a year ago. A lot of times that'll happen after a freshman is a huge first year. That second year sometimes can be tough, and maybe that's what we're watching. Bill, fun slate of football games going on this Saturday. Oh, yeah. no, none other than, I think, that Ohio State-Notre Dame game. Uh, wh- wh- how do you see that one going? Notre Dame, I think, for the first time in 20 years, belongs in a game like this as – it being a fair fight. I don't think they win. But 
because I just think those receivers, and Kyle McCord's really starting to play well, their new quarterback at Ohio State. That's the best receiving core in America. And even though Notre Dame has really done well recruiting on the back end of that defense, that's a tough matchup for anybody. And Notre Dame's not real athletic getting to the quarterback. So I think, I think it's going to be a good game. Ohio State's going to win probably somewhere around 10 points in South Bend. Notre Dame will play well. I just don't think they're there. Yeah, I think Notre Dame's top 10 to 12 good, not top three good. What do you make of Washington? I know they got Cal this weekend, but I mean they've blown three opponents out. Michael Penix looks potentially like he could be one of the two, three best quarterbacks in the country. Um, and they got Cal, then Arizona, and then Oregon, which will really kind of tell you a lot about them. But um, I mean, this is a team that's ranked eighth right now and kind of kind of rolling and blowing everybody out. DeBoer is a very good head coach. I mean, a fantastic head coach. They've got Michael Penix, and they have two first round wide receivers, two receivers who are going to go in the next draft in the first round. They are very dynamic. They're very fundamental. They're solid. They could be your Pac-12 champs. This is a threat. This is a playoff threat team, I do believe, as we continue to go through it. I think they're legit. I think I think what you're seeing is real. Your eyes are not deceiving you. You got this Auburn A&L matchup, which I think is sneaky good. Uh, you can only beat the teams in front of you. Uh, and Auburn's 3-0, and A&M's 2-1 and going into that game. Uh, any chance that the, the, the War Eagles go in there and, and, and can get a victory? I don't think they win. I wouldn't be surprised to see them play well. Let me give you the politics of this game. Hugh Freeze cannot stand Ross Bjork. It was the AD at A&M. He was the AD at Ole Miss when everything went down. This is personal. This is incredibly personal for Hugh Freeze. If you asked him, hey, Hugh, what would be the one game if you could have it? This year it probably wouldn't be Alabama. Probably the Aggies. Cannot stand that guy. Having said that, that A&M offense is clicking under Bobby Petrino. And I can see it getting better and better. That young quarterback they have is a very gifted young quarterback, Connor Wegman. They've got weapons around him. Now, they did get out-athleted their defense down at Miami. I think that's a tough matchup for Auburn now. I think Auburn will get to the point where they can win that kind of game. I don't think they're there today. How about Mizzou? Uh, it's a pretty big. That might have been the biggest win for the SEC last weekend. You know, the walk-off <laughs> field goal with a win over over Kansas State. And I mean, Kansas State sometimes it feels like they're bland, but those are the defending Big Twelve champs. It's a good team yeah. right now. And uh, man, I mean, Eli got a little lucky because of the delay of game, and then Mevis kicks what I thought would have been good from seventy yards out. But they're three and zero. That was sixty-one yards in the camera angle. From behind, so I kept waiting for that thing to die right in the end zone, right? Because it wasn't a real elevated kick, which I guess couldn't be if you're going to kick from that distance. But that thing, man, it cleared. It cleared solidly. What a way to get out of there! A record field goal to beat a very good Kansas. Kansas State's a very good program, guys. Very well coached team as well. And uh, those are names you're going to be hearing for coaching jobs here in the next few years. Bill, your listenership is made up of, of people who I think have been following this sport for decades. You know, people that are really kind of entrenched in the tradition and the traditions of college football and their teams. Uh, I think it feels right now <clears throat> like there's an America's team in college football, and it's the Colorado Buffaloes. Nine million people watching them play against Colorado State is is amazing and it's they're getting more talk than a lot of nfl teams are there are more there's more money being placed on buffs games than nfl games how have your listeners and the folks who text and call your show reacted to the story of colorado football this year and it's one name it's it's deon sanders that's what everybody's tuning in for and and the presentation from his team and his son shadur sanders Travis Hunter, who just got hurt. My audience doesn't like Dion because, and I like Dion, so they don't agree with me. They don't like him, first of all, because he's turned his back, they think, on Florida State. He said rude things about him. He claims to not even be affiliated really with them anymore, graduated from a different college. He feels shunned because they never interviewed him in some of the last few hires, which he was in high school. I don't blame them. 
And, and Florida fans obviously aren't going to like him because he played at Florida State, even though he doesn't claim Florida State much. So this, this audience, I think, is fractured, but there's a good section of them that even though they know Dion is doing a heck of a job, they're not going to like it. You know, here in Arkansas, Bill, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that when uh, Sam Pittman was hired, that Dion also interviewed for the job. There have been reports about that. And so, you know, you know what it's like, hindsight and everything, and coming off a loss oh, yeah. to BYU and troubles on the offensive line. There are some folks, and it's all on social media. There's a couple people that have texted into our show about this, too, and they're all like, well, we could have gotten Dion." And you're like, transport yourself to 2019 when the interviews were going down and, and try to not look at it through the hindsight of that. How, how do you approach that conversation? I think what happened with Colorado just being a godforsaken program. And Rick George, again, I, got, I told you, I've, I've known him since he was Jared Donato's recruiting coordinator in the early 90s at Vanderbilt thinking outside the box and saying, we can go hire the next dude and go 1-11 again or go way outside the box and do something nobody else would do. I don't blame whoever interviewed him to date for not hiring him, but now you're going to have to. Well, you're going to have to think about it. Guys, can you imagine me, me, me with all my years looking at recruits and recruiting and all that? His brand recognition now in recruiting and in the transfer portal will rival what Alabama or any other team, Ohio State, Georgia, can do. That's what kind of monster brand he is. It's going to be fun to track. It's going to be fun to see how long he sticks around there because a lot more money is going to be coming his way. And his son's going to go pro, I would assume. His quarterback's son. Well, you know, Dion's respected, and, and he's a leader, Bill, and I think he speaks the same language, and I think that's that's to his advantage. Yep. The kids love him. Mm-hmm. They they love him. He makes it personal. He de- you got to remember, guys. Dion does not give a rip what any other fan base, some message board, a talk show. He doesn't care what anybody thinks about in those categories. He doesn't care. He knows his brand is unique. He knows his brand is superior, and the players love it because he has their back. It could be somebody just looking at you wrong, and he's going to make it personal, and they buy into it. Now, guys, they get Oregon, which is going to be brutal, in Eugene, and then they come home to Southern Cal. So they're going to get a little bit of humble buy, too, here soon. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.